This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Timothy 2, this is going to be, I think this is going to be pretty depthy. Let's pray and um, get going. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, and I thank you for this beautiful day here in Germany. Um, I thank you that you are faithfully pulling us through to the other side of things. Even even things that we are barely aware of. But some of us are going through something that seems to never end. However, we are reminded today that suffering is a part of the Christian walk. Help us to identify maybe areas of our life that we have decided that suffering isn't going to be part of that. And help us to identify um, idolatry that is acceptable, um, even with other believers, these idols that we have cushioned in our churches. And be gracious to us, Father, because we all need it. Every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read, and then we'll get started. You therefore, my son, be strong in the in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I just want to refer um, also to Psalm eighty six, um, fourteen through seventeen. Um, grace um, as a specific term um, is not. I wouldn't say limited in the Old Testament, but grace is one of those lighthouse highlighter moments in, in the Old Testament scripture. So what I mean by that is that is a lighthouse pointing to a future um, of walking with God by means of grace, but it's also a highlighter foreshadowing. So it's grace when it's used in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing and also a lighthouse that's pointing. Um, I just want to put that there and we will get to Psalm 86, but let me keep reading here. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me. We should probably just underline that even though we may not want to underline that. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Well, we know that, let's keep going. I'll read the whole thing. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he can complete, competes according to the rules. 
the hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things. Solemnly charge them in the presence of God, not to wrangle with words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handing the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call the Lord on the Lord from a pure heart but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. There's two things that I see right out the gate on this, is that Paul is not disregarding, Paul is actually emphasizing the, the reality that there are different types of suffering. And he's calling Timothy to a certain type of suffering in that he has to deal with a, a group of people that have gone off the tracks. And call them back. When uh, for a long time, um, this is something that has occurred to me um, that you cannot compare suffering. It's not comparable because in order to compare, you have to be the sole owner of its working out. So, let me put it this way. If you are able to compare suffering, i.e. yours with someone else's, 
you must also own and know all about the fruit of such. And do you? I put it in your basket or on your table. Do you know all that can transpire through the suffering? All that God can do with the suffering? All that God intends to do with the suffering? Do you? Then don't compare. There, You cannot compare. It may seem super on a superficial level, and that's all that it is, that one suffering is worse than the other. But I, I, I want to point to you to, to the fact that Paul is sitting in jail calling someone to suffer, and it's dealing just dealing with some people. Just, quote-unquote. And yet he calls it suffering. The guy who's sitting in jail. That is some trust in God's purposes. That is some insight into the fact that God is not going to send us into any kind of suffering that he doesn't have a plan for. That he doesn't plan to use. And the minute the suffering has done its work, its work, it will end. And none of us have that power. So none of us should be comparing suffering. At all. You don't have the playbook. I don't have the playbook. Jane over there doesn't have the playbook. She didn't have the timeline. I don't have the timeline. You don't have the timeline. We got no business comparing. What we do need to do is trust that the God who is sending us through this suffering knows what he is doing and fight that temptation to compare. That is full on abandonment to the will of God. That is full on assurance that God is sovereign. That is full on dependence in the Almighty. It doesn't get much more dependent upon God when you just stop and say, I'm done comparing myself to other people. I'm done looking around and saying, why, why, why don't I have that life? I am done asking God, when is this going to be over? I am done doubting his purposes in my suffering. I am done leaning on my own understanding. I am done looking over at Jane. And seemingly what little she has to deal with. I'm done. Because God knows what he's doing. And God can speak into my suffering. Like he can speak into nothing else in my life. I mean he can speak into all areas of my life. But he chooses to speak 
so clearly to us, so almost audibly to us, more times than not, when we are suffering. He walks so closely with those that are bent and bruised and broken. He hides them in the shadow of his wings. I hope we can see that this is the grace that grace that the Old Testament pointed to with its lighthouse, that grace that the Old Testament foreshadowed that like a highlighter. I hope that we can look at suffering and, and, and markedly say, this is grace worked out. We think grace is worked out when it's all going smooth. We're just water skiing through life. But Paul here is saying something differently. He's telling Timothy, suffer as I suffer as a good soldier. If you know anything about Jesus, I hope you do. That's the center of all this. One thing that he said was there are no good people. And yet Paul specifically chooses to use this word as a good soldier. So what was the difference maker? Grace. through Jesus Christ. As a good soldier, suffer. As an athlete, and all of us know that athletes had to go through some stuff to get on the field if they're gonna have any clout. They gotta obey the rules. And if they don't obey the rules, they get found out. Like what's his name on a bike? that I just forgot now, because he's a cheater. Tour de France guy. They gotta obey the rules or they don't qualify anymore for the award that they receive. I don't know about you, but I struggle with rules. I, I do find them a form of suffering, especially if I don't want to follow them, especially if I think they're just arbitrary, negotiable. That's how my teenager goes through life. These rules are negotiable, right, mom? No, they are not. You're going to find out how negotiable they are when it comes to your screen time. An athlete follows the rules. That's how they get there. Farmer. Sharing the first fruit. Of his crops. Well, you know, there's a reason why we would say something like, yeah, you know, you probably should get the first load of strawberries. Why? Because coming from someone who's tried to grow things over and over and over and over to the point that it's embarrassing now. Farming is no joke. 
It is no joke. In fact, we can go to Genesis and, and that talking to Adam and he was like, hey, you can't be here anymore. Well, you know, they were just getting everything from trees, I guess. Their boiled eggs over here, their oranges over there, this tree, that tree, anywhere. They didn't have to do anything. Just walk around the garden and pick stuff. Now Adam had to work. Work it out. And with it, with, or that was, with that fall came the weeds, came the bad weather, soggy crops, crops that are too, that can't handle it being too dry, can't be too wet, can't be too dry. I have two plants in front of my in front of my front door. One flat out died. I was watering them both the same. I had two plants and, and one pot, one small pot, same amount of water, you're in the same pot. One flat out could not make it, could not make the cut at all. The other one's blooming like crazy, growing over the side. So we got plants that have emotional problems. I don't know what it is. I, if I had the answer as to one, why one died and one didn't, we just got bipolar plants now. That's what it is, Adam. Get out there and do it. Of course, he gets the first fruits. They're all going through their suffering to get where they're going. All three examples. So let's go to Psalm 86. And let's give that a, a gander. Speaking of this grace that we operate by. As indicated in the first verse of 2 Timothy 2. I'm going to start reading here. Um, I'm not real sure. Okay. I think I'll just read the whole thing. No. Verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. Now, basically... 2 Timothy 2 is going to address this again. And it's modern. And, you know, when it was written, it was modern. It was the modern form of this. And I will walk in your truth. We can make a decision to be... I want to submit this. We can make a decision to be earthbound a clay pot that never gets to its full potential as indicated here. Or we can do this and receive from God His ways. Learn from Him how to walk in His truth. 
Unite my heart. This verse 11 still. Unite my heart. Over and over, Scripture talks about how a divided heart is that enmity against God. Well, it is no different for those sitting in the pew who, who probably do know Christ, but they have a divided heart. wrote this the other day everything that has a earthly pool even in our religious context because we have decided to wrap religion around our autonomy instead of humbling ourselves to receive what God has we can find out the hard way that what we thought was godliness was actually another form of mammon self-serving earthly worldly It did not bear the kind of fruit God would have had for us. We will get there on that on that day with a pile of stuff hoping that gold comes out. It's a reference here. And find that it's clay. It's wood. It's stubble. It didn't matter. And it starts with our willingness to suffer. A God for a long time left me in the presence of functioning idolatry and what do I mean by that I mean people who had it together I'm not talking about drug addiction so much so that you couldn't hold down a job I'm talking about functioning idolatry I'm talking about idolatry that goes to church that pays the bills, that presents itself as friendly and put together. I'm talking about idolatry behind the religion, behind the show of sensitivity to the things of God, functioning, Adultery. 
That's what you had with Aiken. He blended right in. He was doing the thing. I mean, we're not talking about the Philistines here. We're talking about someone in the tribe of Israel. Who reached out and took that which was forbidden. A little bit of money. I'm just going to preserve that for myself. I know you want every part of my life, but I don't want to suffer. Reach out, pull in. I know it all belongs to you, but let me manage it. Reach out, pull in. Ananias and Sapphira. Drop dead. That's an alarming story. Drop dead in front of the church. This was after, folks. This wasn't Old Testament stuff. Dropped dead for lying in the Holy Spirit, saying that they sold their property for a certain amount when actually they didn't sell their property for that amount. Therefore, they didn't give what they were implying they were giving. Old games people play. This isn't new. We can put on a show. I know you, you really want me to suffer. You really want it all. Can't I just manage this corner? Can't I just do my thing over here? Well, what I'm telling you as a friend is that it will come out on that day of reckoning. Or it will come out before. And you'll meet a day of reckoning. If you're a child of God, he's not going to quit. He will run clear up after you. So we're talking about idolatry and functioning members of society. Liked by and large, productive, friendly contributors. Christ is not the center. Christ is an add-on. Christ is a Sunday visitation. As if he's grandpa in a nursing home inept, unable to sustain, unable to yield more fruit in your life than you could ever muster up. We treat him like a senile old man in a wheelchair and withhold like Ananias and Sapphira and pretend he does not see that we are idols idolaters oftentimes their accomplishments shield them from self-examination and I was here look they look back and check off why well, did that 
And I did that. And I did that. Anytime the Holy Spirit tries to make a way in and work out a little bit of conviction, they look back and say, but I did. I was there. I, I went to that service and I talked to them about the Lord over there and, and over here. I did all that. They look behind when the Holy Spirit is looking at them. And they shield themselves from self-examination. Aiken, Ananias, Spira. This is a scary place. I will give thanks, verse 12, to you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. Don't let me be have a divided heart. And we'll glorify you from verse 11. And we'll glorify your name forever. For your loving kindness toward me is great. Any of us who have been rescued out of that duplicity know that God is great. Because it is so dang so to live completely for ourselves and pretend we're living for God. It's subtle to us. It's not subtle to Jesus. For your loving kindness toward me is great, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. See, did he really go to Sheol? No. The reality is, we're perfectly happy in hell on this earth. And it's by the grace of God, he pulls us out and shows us there's a better way in the duplicity, in the respectable idolatry, in the selfishness, in the self-serving and the, and, and the serving of mammon, money, we are perfectly happy there. And that, that is what's scary. And we will spend our whole lives defending it. My friend, until we can't. Until there is no defense. And we meet up with that day and we realize we did not give him everything. We gave him Sunday and treated him like an old man in a wheelchair. I never gave him my bank account. I never gave him my heart. I never gave him my time. I never surrendered my kids. I never surrendered my job. I never said, take and do with me what you want, Lord. This is it I'm giving up. And I receive all that you have. My heart is united for you alone. He never did.
Oh God, arrogant men have risen up against me and a band of violent men have sought my life and they have not set you before them. But you, O oh Lord, are God merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. You'd have to be to deal with me. Abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Oh, grant your servant strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O oh Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.